You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We're going to talk about you said, and it was said several times as people were giving testimonies, God said, and we're going to talk about God, you said, and, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, you guys know the people have been here, uh, people watching online, uh, just PS my, everything has been hacked online. So, uh, if you see my name pop up or the gathering pop up, report it. Um, so just FYI, let me just pray over us and father, we just thank you that you said, and your word is true. It is yes. And amen. Cause when you say something, it is done, it is established and it will be accomplished. So father, we just thank you for your word. And as we read your word, as we have celebrated the testimonies that have been given, as we've been in this place of worship with you, and as you've released healing and words this morning, God, we just thank you that you said, and it is happening right now in Jesus name. Amen. So last week I was in Houston uh, filming my new TV show, Cindy Stewart Live. It was uh, quite an adventure. I know you guys have been praying and I really do appreciate it. I started out the adventure missing my flight. I, I'm not sure I've ever missed a flight. Literally, I don't think I've ever missed a flight. But there was a, 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 a fatality over the Howard Franklin Bridge. And you know, when you live next to the water, there's nowhere to go but over the bridge. Uh, and so I ended up missing my flight. And it's funny because I wouldn't have missed my flight had I not checked my bag. I had to check a bag because if I'm doing 10 shows, I need 10 outfits. Come on, girls, y'all know what I'm talking about. The guys that do 10 shows, they don't change their clothes. <laughs> but my mentor and friend, Patricia King, told me that for women, if they don't change their clothes, when people see it and you've got the same outfit on, they think they've already seen the show. So that's just a little trick of the trade. Who knew? So I'm having to check my bag and I get there in time for my flight, but they close the bag check-in 45 minutes before flight. And I got there like 43 minutes before the flight. And they're like, there's nothing we can do. And I said, well, can I send my bag ahead of time? And then I'll just have somebody go pick it up. They're like, no, you have to go with your bag. You don't want to be labeled as a terrorist. 
I'm like, yes, no. They didn't say that, but I was thinking, I'm just sending clothes, just clothes. But anyhow, so I was like, okay, God, you've, you know, I trust you to be in charge of all this. So I texted the, the studio and I said, you know, I'm so sorry to mess up the filming schedule because I won't be there. By the time I get there, it'll be three o'clock. They're like, you didn't mess up anything. We're just waiting for you. I'm like, okay, awesome. Favor there, favor there. So I get there and of course I filmed four shows on Tuesday and uh, I filmed six the next day. And it's really not hard. I mean, I'd prepped way ahead of time and, and prepared and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but I was telling uh, Mary and Larry, by the end, toward the end of the filming, you start losing your energy. Because for three hours straight, you're standing there talking and interviewing and doing all that kind of stuff. And I was like, God, I'm going to need a shot of B12 from you. Because <laughs> I need to have enough energy as the first show as I did the last. But uh, it was quite an adventure. So I'm heading back. I've got plenty of time. I've got a couple of hours. And um, I decided to drop my bag off first. Well, little did I know, Houston's airport is under construction. So there's one lane to drop it off. And when you get in that lane, you cannot get out. So it takes me forever to get up there to drop my bag off. And I text Karen. I'm like, Karen, you guys got to start praying because I cannot miss another flight. My flight was delayed a little bit. I mean, I'm sitting there in bumper to bumper traffic with nowhere to go. It's like being stuck on the bridge. So I finally get up there, drop my bag off. I get back to the rental car place. I drop my rental car off and I tell the guy on the bus, I said, I've got 45 minutes now to make my flight. And you know, it takes, because of the traffic, it takes that long to get back to the airport. He's like, don't worry. He said, I've got you. So he took me to the hotel that's attached to the airport. And he said, just cut through. It'll take you right to baggage claim. You'll go straight up and get your flight. So I get up there. My flight is delayed for three hours. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so I get home at like two in the morning on Thursday morning. But you know what? Through this whole process, I just kept hearing God saying, I've got it all worked out. I've got it all worked out. I've got it all worked out. And just in the peace of knowing that he had it all worked out, I didn't know how he had it all worked out, but he had it all worked out. Missing the flight, he had it all worked out. You know, delaying three hours, he had it all worked out. And just being in that peace, knowing he had it all worked out. And uh, that's what I want to talk about. You know, God says, and he says he's got it all worked out. And even though it looks like in our life that it's not going to work out, he says he's got it all worked out. And one of the things that I was doing when I was preparing all the shows and all that is I was going back. I was like, go back and look. Look at what I've said to you. Look at the words that I've given to you. Look at, um, you know, the, the things that I've had you to release it prophetically. Go back and look. And as I went back and looked through my journal, I was amazed at all the things that I had forgotten that God said. And you think these profound things that he says over you, that you'll remember them forever. But at least for me, 
as I looked back, there were pieces and, and things that he has actually done that he said he was going to do that for whatever reason, I didn't remember. And then he comes in and, and swoops in and just does it. And being able to go back through and say, God, you said. And there were things where God said he was going to do. And like Karen's testimony earlier, that I kept saying, God, but you said this is what you were going to do. You said that you were going to do this. And I am going to stand and pull on your coat strings until what you said is fulfilled. And it's not because you don't remember what you said, but it's because I can't let go of what you've spoken into my life until I see that fulfillment. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, Last fall, and I think I shared this earlier, but I just felt like I was supposed to share it again this morning. Last fall, Pastor Jean gave me a word uh, about... Uh, doing a TV show. And do you remember that? No, I didn't think so. Usually when you give words, it goes out of your mouth and out of your head too. But he gave me a word last fall. And um, I told you guys about wanting, telling someone before that I wanted to do a TV show about 20 years ago. And they said, oh, you're way too old. Yeah, that's what they told me. They said, that was 20 years ago. If I was way too old then, I don't know what I am right now. <laughs> but, you know, that was a very traditional thought process. And, and uh, so anyhow, but Gene gave me a word last year, uh, last fall, and he said, um, there's an apostolic and prophetic remnant that God has called you to that is literally going to take to the airwaves. I write all my prophetic words down and I save them and I pray over them. He said, I see God opening doors for studio time. Airtime that's going over all types of media, social media and Christian television. Well, at the same time, the uh, Christian television network, uh, the station's manager in Houston had um, asked me if I would be interested in doing a show. And then Gene gives me this word. They were close to each other, probably within a week of each other. And, uh, and I was thinking, that is really awesome, God, because I always wanted to do this. And then after the first year, you know, we worked out all the details of it. He contacted me and said, are you, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah. But what I want to uh, just emphasize here is that when God speaks over you, even, even if it seems like something frivolous, like you can live or die without a TV show, right? But think about this, you know, it's, it's one way or the other. But God is speaking it over you because he has something that he wants to do through you that will make an impact beyond you. Whether you think it's significant or not. Sometimes when God speaks over us, we're like, uh, you know, okay. But God's like, it's not just okay. It's got to be the way that I have designed for you to be used in this season in order to put all the pieces together that are being done all over the world by Christians who I've called up, raised up and said, this is your appointed time in order to move forward the kingdom the way I've designed it for the season. So when you think about what God's calling you to do, 
it may seem too big. It may seem like he's not doing it. But he will do it because he said he will. And sometimes we do have to contend for what he's spoken over us. And there's, there were a couple people who came up here about, uh, you know, feeling that oppression from the enemy and just feeling like he's blocking every step of the way. It does happen where the enemy tries to circumvent everything that God is trying to do through you. But God is greater than the enemy and he will work it all out. He will work it all out. He will work it all out. So we're going to go to Exodus 33 and we're going to start on verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, see, Moses didn't have any problem reminding God what he said. And, and God is not offended by our contending for what he's promised us. Because sometimes in the contention of it, sometimes in the, the pulling on God and saying, God, you said what it does. It, it not only makes us even more determined to receive what God has promised us, but it also sharpens us in order for us to move into the promise that God has spoken over us. You know, sometimes we need sharpening. Sometimes we need uh, a little bit of fire inside of us to say, God, I am not doing anything until you do what you have spoken over me. I am not letting go. I'm not moving. I'm standing strong. I'm going to say it over and over. You said that you were going to heal me. You said that you were going to save my family. You said that you were going to give me breakthrough in finances. You said that you were going to move me to from Atlanta to Tampa. You said God, and I am not letting go till that said word is fulfilled in my life. You said it. I am not adding anything to what you've said to me. I'm standing on what you've told me that I'll have a car and a pool. Now you laugh at that, but you think about that. We think about a car and a pool is insignificant in God's economy. We think that TV shows insignificant in God's economy. We think that what he's called us to do, owning businesses, Swimming. What he's called us to do is just us. But what it is, is it is an inroad for the kingdom of God to be established in your sphere of influence in order to change what is happening around you. You know, I interviewed uh, four different people, I think four different people um, on my TV show. And uh, it was interesting to listen to each one of them talk about how God shifted their assignment in order to fulfill their destiny for this season. And he began to speak it over them. And they were like, what? One of the people, they moved to Nashville to be in the music industry. And they got to Nashville. And it turns out he wanted to move them back to Houston in order to step into an arena 
that had been prepared for them. And it was as quick as an overnight where she says, I think she tells her husband, what would you think about moving to Houston? God's talking to me about moving back to Houston. He's like, I think that's right. Just think about where you are now and how you got here. How many are originally from Florida? Okay, a handful of you. Not very many, are there? <laughs> but God has positioned you here in order to transform and agree with the calling that's on the state. And those of you watching online, think about your state. Think of where you're watching from and the country you're watching from. What is God calling you to do? Because it's going to impact everything around you. And I think that's my word really for this year is, or for the last 10 years, I don't know. We've got to know that God is using us where we are in order to change what's around us. It's just true. Okay, where was I? Does anybody know where I was? I think I'm, uh, I was right in the middle of a sentence. Okay, then we're going to start over. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you said to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Say that. God knows you by name. You have found grace in his sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. Isn't that funny? The Lord says, I know you. I found grace in your sight. Moses says, what? You know, sometimes we don't quite understand what God is actually saying to us. So we're like, okay, we're going to need a repeat on that. Uh, that I may know you and may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I found grace in your sight except you go with us. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said this, said this to Moses, I will also do this that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I, and I know you by name. Moses and the Lord go back and forth over the same information. I found favor in your sight. If I found favor in your sight, yes, you have found favor, favor in my sight. Sometimes it is this repetitive back and forth with the Lord, with confirmation, with reassurance, with that need to know that where I'm going, you're going to go with me. And if God is sending you, he's going to go with you. If he's not sending you, he will do everything he can to circumvent you stepping out of where you're supposed to go. You know, have you ever began to do something and everything, you know, there's a difference between the enemy getting in your way and God stopping you. Amen. There is. And sometimes when we're heading down a path and everything 
tends to uh, cause us to stumble, we need to stop and think and seek God and say, is this you? Preventing me from moving forward? Or is this the enemy trying to block me from doing what you've called me? And there is a difference when we do that because we can feel the enemy movement when we feel lack of peace. We feel irritation. We feel agitation. We feel confusion. That is the enemy. God brings peace with what we're doing. Even though, how many times have you felt nervous stepping out? Because there's uncertainty, but you don't feel anxious. There's a difference between feeling a little nervous and having butterflies and feeling anxious, terrified, full of fear. That's the enemy. The nervous anxiousness, the nervousness, the little butterflies is us trying to get past uh, the uh, newness of what God is calling us into. Verse 15, it says, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I found Christ in your sight, except you go with us? So shall it be, I'm sorry, so shall be separate your people and I from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So then the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. I know I read that earlier. Uh, for you have found grace in my sight and I know your name. And he said, please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you by my hand while I pass. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back and my back and my face shall not be seen. So the Lord is asking, is responding to the desperation of Moses' heart to see his glory. How many of you have seen the glory of the Lord? How many have recognized seeing the glory of the Lord? Okay. How many have sensed that it's the glory of the Lord, but it may not be what you thought it was going to be? Okay. Because I think we've all encountered the glory of the Lord, but what happens is we get a preconceived notion of what the glory of the Lord is supposed to look like when we engage with it. So we're unable to identify the Lord moving over us in that realm of glory, because it didn't look like what we thought it should look like. Even Moses, verse 5 on chapter 34, it says, Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there, Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transition, uh, transgressions and sin, by no means 
clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So that is what the Lord proclaimed as he passed by Moses. Now, I'm not sure if we would have encountered God, if we think about encountering the glory of the Lord, we would have said the Lord's going to speak all these things to us before he shows us who he is. But Moses recognized, he says, verse eight, it says, so Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, now, if I found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are stiff necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. So that encounter with God on the cleft of the rock, that encounter with the glory of God was met with a encounter with who God is to them. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. Moses asked for an encounter of his glory. When we think, because of where we've been in our Christian walk, when we think of the glory of the Lord, we, each one of us may have a different idea. You know, I, I, when I think of the glory of the Lord, I think of radiance and light and heaviness and presence because that's what I've encountered. So that's what I translate. Think about what you've encountered. And so when you're thinking of asking God for these things, you have a, a, a thought in your mind, maybe not in your conscious, but in your subconscious of what that might look like. My point to all this is, is when God says he's going to do something for us, sometimes the way he does something for us looks very different than what we thought it was going to look like. It looks very different. When God says he's going to encounter us or he wants to pour out blessings over us or he wants to whatever your ex is, whatever you've been asking for. We have to say, God, I have a thought of what I would like it to look like or what I expect it to look like or what I've been told it's going to look like. And what I'm asking you to do is help me to move those thoughts out of the way so you can show your glory, show your manifestation, do what you said you were going to do in a way that I am fully open to your move. I want to be fully open to what you're going to do. I, I don't want to only get part of it because I was only able to see out of my left eye because that's the way it had to look. I want to be able to see the whole thing. You know, when we, before we started the church, uh, God had given me a vision. This is in like in 2000, I don't know, something. It was 1999, that's when it was. It was sometime that wasn't yesterday. You know, that's all I know. When people say, when did that happen? I'm like, I don't know. It was sometime. But he gave me this vision about people gathering that's how he gave us the name for the gathering. And they would come in and they'd be worshiped and they would get healed and it would just be an outpouring of the spirit. Well, in my mind, when we first started doing something uh, not long after that, uh, before we started the church, 
I thought when people came in, I thought they were just going to fall on the floor, get overwhelmed by the presence of God, all be healed, be so in love with God that everything that hindered them was going to fall to the side. Everything was going to change. Well, what I didn't realize is that was my preconceived notion. When I saw the vision, that's what I saw. So I thought every time people got together, that was exactly what was going to happen. But it didn't happen that way. There were people we prayed for that didn't get healed immediately or got healed through the doctors. They got healed other ways. There were people who honestly said that this waiting on God and, and seeing what the Holy Spirit wants to do and prophetic and all that kind of stuff was mumbo jumper and they weren't interested. I was shocked. I was. Because I was thinking, how could you not be interested when the Spirit of the Lord is moving to see what He wants to do? And it was because they couldn't determine what it was going to look like ahead of time so they could feel comfortable in what God was doing. We're living a life where we cannot determine what God's going to do. We just know He's doing something. And we know that sometimes we walk up, he's doing something that we're just not all into, but we need to do it because that's where he's taking us. That's the journey we're on. The problem with a God that is greater than anything is we can't control him. We can't control the outcome. We can't control how he operates. We can't tell him what to do, although I, I have made suggestions. We've all made suggestions, right? But when you think about it, we want God to lay out our life. We want it to all be perfect. We don't want to miss any flights. We don't, we don't want to, you know, we want everything to be in perfect order. Unfortunately, the world does not operate in perfect order, but God operates in perfect order. So part of our process is learning to lean in and say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. I don't know what's going on with my car, or my pool, but I trust you. I don't know what's going on with my kids, but I trust you. I don't know why people are paying me extra money, but hallelujah, I trust you. <laughs> I don't know why they're paying me for something I wasn't even here for. But you know, what we have to learn is in the midst of good and evil, our statement is, you said, and I trust you. You said, and I trust you. And that's what we trust. And that's what we believe. And that's what we lean into is, God, I want you to do it the way I want to do it. But this morning when I wake up, I'm yielding to what you want to do. And I trust you. And you will work it out. And if it doesn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out, I trust you. If it didn't come in the way I thought it was going to come in, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you because you said, and that's what I believe. And that's what I stand on. And that's what I trust. Amen. 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 Well, let's pray. I trust God. I trust God. And even when our intellect doesn't trust him, if our words will say it, our mind will follow it. Right. When we declare a thing, 
it's established for us. Let's stand. I just want to pray over us. And I want to pray over the things that we're holding on to that God said. Just as Pastor Gene kind of activated that word for me, I just want to activate the words for you. So just, I want you to, I want you to just think of what you're standing on that God said. And something should come to your mind and we stand on the, what the word says. We stand on his prophetic word to us. And I just want to uh, activate that in us. So, Lord, I just feel like there's a stirring up in this season for fulfillment of what you said. And, God, I thank you that even though the enemy may try to run circles around us and create confusion and chaos, we just command the enemy's feet to stop. And I release the peace of Jesus over each one of us because we trust you, God. And in their holding on to what you've said, God, we just come in agreement for the release, the launching, and the activation of what you've said. That this is a fast season we're in where you're moving quickly in our lives. So God, open up our eyes and our heart and let us see the way to go and let us release the preconception of how it should land and god we just trust you in jesus name amen thanks for joining us today we hope you are encouraged if you would like more content like this please visit cindy-stewart.com we'll see you next time